This episode of the Spoon Mob podcast is brought to you by Newsly. Newsly is an audio app for both iOS and Android that picks up different web articles about the most trending topics found on the internet at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural human voice. It's essentially making the internet listenable for the first time in history. They also have podcasts on the platform. You can find our podcast, Spoon Mob, on there along with a million other different podcasts anywhere from across 40 different countries. So make sure to go to newsly.me and use the download link there. You can also use promo code M0B2021. That will get you one month of a free premium subscription and enjoy Newsly today. Welcome to another episode, Parts Now Known, Season 6, Episode 2, Marseille. Uh, Marseille, this is with Eric Repair. Pretty much tagging along. First time we've seen him in a couple seasons. I think the last episode he was on was the Peru episode, I believe, which was, that might even been the first season. It was first or second season. So it's been a little bit since he's uh, popped up, but pretty much second largest city in France, oldest city in France. It's on the Mediterranean. Uh, and it's kind of the overarching question is, is it really France? Because nobody in France likes the people of Marseille and it's kind of vice versa. Yeah. It seems that way They're They don't necessarily feel French as much as they feel like they're from Marseille. They brought it up later in the episode. They're talking about um, like Bourdain. He didn't say it, but like someone said like, you know, do you have loyalty to New York over the U like loyalty to New York first and then the U S and he's kind of like, yeah, I mean, kind of I do. And that's, that kind of sums it up, I guess. Yeah. I mean, especially when you spend most of your life, in a place odds are like a lot of people don't move or if they do move, they don't move too far. They always identify with the place that they grew up or whatever. So yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same. Is it Miami? What do you mean? Marseille. I'm trying to think of a city because it's like, there's all that influence from all those other countries. You go there, you're like, it's a different place than the rest of the country. Um, You may even have like just where there are huge swaths of the city. That's like, you better speak Spanish or, yeah, you know, good luck getting an order in, or you know, whatever. That's what yeah. I, was... I mean, that that's yeah. I would say that's a pretty good equivalency. Yes, I'm done for the episode. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, I mean, there's it's kind of a melting pot because it was the port city for when France had a bunch of different colonies before they became all their independent nations. So like Morocco, um, everything like anything on the coast, they listed off like three or four. I know Morocco was one of them. I'm trying to remember the other ones. Uh, Algeria. Tunisia, maybe? No. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Tun- I mean, Tunisia, I think. I'm just like, trying to think of the map. Yeah, there's like uh, maybe even Libya. I don't know how much of a French influence there was in Libya back in the day. But it's it's all that stuff kind of on the northern coast of Africa and, and stuff that was once, you know, their colonies and everything. And then make, they became their own countries. So a lot of people people from those places kind of migrated across to the Mediterranean and they landed Marseille um, too as well. But once all that kind of, they talk about it and once all that kind of happened, that's when like Marseille kind of had a bit of a downturn because it was like they lost all this kind of all the business that you would have with being a port city essentially. And once all those cities kind of went away and didn't have a direct attachment anymore to France and kind of some jobs went away and stuff like that. So there are sections of the city that are fairly poor. I think it has the largest, wealth income gap between kind of the rich and the poor uh, in the entire country of France too as well. So it's kind of that big kind of wide gap too. But 
Um, yeah, repairs in the episode, tagging along. You know, they kind of talk about it. Low impact show, just you know, good food, good toilet, no river paddling. <laughs> yeah, I had a note about that too. Yeah, but it, there is like a. It has, I guess, this weird you know rep of being kind of this dangerous city, which they don't really. I mean, it just seems it seems gritty. Like it reminded me of the contrast between Melbourne, Australia, and like Sydney. Like Sydney's this new. Newer, like, bunch of skyscrapers, like, you know, new stuff, new buildings, like, and then Melbourne is kind of like the food capital, but also, like, it, it's just, it's grittier. It's just kind of, there's graffiti on stuff, and it's European-type, you know, layout. So, it kind of reminded me of those two cities, like, when you compare them, you know, if you were going to compare probably, like, Paris and Marseille, like, okay. you get kind of that contrast, I think. Um, Repair had never been there, despite growing up, like... 100 miles away um which was interesting considering that it feels like it's a vacation spot like yeah for people like you would think it'd be a natural vacation spot within the country for anybody from paris or Lyon or anything like that but did we ever get a handle on like was he just going because obviously you would go to the beach right so is he just going to different coastal towns and like it's like we all oh, we don't go there they don't really go into it i'm just curious like I mean, maybe, maybe it was a, but maybe his family always like vacationed in northern France, or maybe they always went to Spain. Like, who knows? Yeah, that's what I was curious about. Like, you know, because there's different, like, because I don't know, like him growing up. Like, I don't know where. Like, I know once he got into basically what would be our middle school is when he got started in a culinary program, essentially, because he was a terrible student. Okay. And so they forced him into like this culinary program, I think, because he that way he wouldn't like distract the other kids and stuff. And that was like when he was like fourteen or fifteen. And he got sent away from home to do that too as well. Okay. So that cuts into it, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know how much like family vacationing they did or anything like that and where they went. But um I don't know. It's a cool episode. I like the episode overall. Um it's you know, kind of like not to step on categories, but yeah, I'd go there. I think I'd, I've never been to Paris, so I'd go to Paris first, but then it's like kind of a toss up between like Marseille and Lyon. I guess maybe the edge would be to Lyon because I think it has more kind of restaurants. Maybe yeah. we're like Marseille. There's only like one three Michelin starred restaurant, which they go to, which look awesome. Yeah. Uh, it was. I love that they had like the, that tiny elevator just for the dessert cart, <laughs> or maybe it was to bring out the, the uh, cheese. The cheese, yeah. But I, they probably brought out everything like that. I don't know. But it, did you see how like it? Maybe it's how they filmed it, but it looked like it only moved two feet. But it was just <laughs> to like it was just such of like yeah, this is a three Michelin star restaurant. Like we put in whatever we want. Like, yeah, we're going to have a two-foot elevator so that we can get this cheese cart out here. Like, it was ridiculous. Yeah, Le Petit Nice uh, is the name of the restaurant. But it's pretty cool. Like, they have their own fishermen. Like, they have exclusive fishermen that go out and catch. They went on a boat with the uh, long liner. I guess there's only, like, five guys left to do it. They didn't catch anything, which is pretty much par for the course on every fishing scene that they have. Can we, can we touch on something there? Because Bourdain shared a fear of his that I share and that's, I just really am afraid of fish hooks. 
I'm always convinced they're like, cause you know, they're barbed. Right. So I'm just always convinced they're going to go in into my finger and then I'm gonna have to push it through and then clip it so I can get it out. I mean, at least you know that you have to push it through and not yeah, back. yeah. But it's still, it's like I don't want to. Like I'm just always convinced <laughs> that that's going to happen to me, so I'm scared of them too. Like um, I don't even like irrational, as if it's like if yeah. it's going to touch me, the barbs inside of me already. <laughs> like I hate it. I think that just comes with not being around fish, like fishing and fish hooks. Probably. Yeah, because I see kids like uh, my brother's friend growing up is now like a professional uh, bass fisherman. Like he won whatever the big tournament is for that uh, a couple years ago. Um, but one of his friends or him, I can't remember. Sure it's sponsored by Bass Pro Shops. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would have to guess. You can make pretty good money doing that. Um, it's on ESPN. But he, uh, somebody like Cat was casting or, yeah, and he was standing behind someone and the hook, sorry, I'm like grabbing my eye oh, and nobody God, can see yeah. it on the microphone, but That's like really common, it went through his, like. yeah, it went through his eyelid and they had to call like an ophthalmologist and like, it actually went into his eye, but like didn't blind him somehow. Um, pretty crazy. Yeah. I think that's why most like, I mean, obviously you're out in the sun too as well. So you're gonna wear sunglasses, but I think like, even if they just wear like clear lenses too, I think that just absolves most of that. Yeah, I think thought. a lot of fishermen like wear glasses of some kind just to, yeah. Maybe. Cause especially if you're around like other fishermen and it's, I think it's one of those things where it's always like, does that guy really know what he's doing? Is he really paying attention that like, I mean, there's like, it's not, I don't know, rules or etiquette to it. Like, you know, walking behind people or, you know, where you're going like up and downstream with like fly fishing and stuff like that. But, but yeah, I think it's always, there's always kind of that like, eh, does that guy really know what he's doing over there? Yeah. He's getting a little too close to me. Well, like, I think the sunglasses attention? too is like, just like being in the snow, like being out in the ocean, like you get so much more glare. Yeah, so that's, that's part of it. But too, I think you're yeah. right. Like even on like a lake and stuff, I feel like dudes are most of the time rocking them. Like, yeah. So, could be safety first. Yeah, I'm sure that's like I don't know, fifteen percent of it, ten percent of it's being sponsored, and then like so it's yeah. just like I would like to wear sunglasses. Sometime also we we skipped. Sorry, I actually took notes for this episode. God <laughs> forbid. Um, at least towards the front half, you know how it is. I trail off, but. Um, so they talk about retirement briefly and there's just a funny phrase. So it like stood out to me, but he's like, like, are you just going to like putter around? So I was curious what your ideal retirement looks like. And I guess we could call it like, let's well, realistically, we're not retiring until we're 70 probably. I mean, I don't know with inflation and yeah. everything else. No let's social, hope it's no social security. Yeah. Let's hope it's 60 or 65, 55. If we're really, really lucky. Um, yeah. what does that look like for you? Well, that, that depends though. Right. So it's like, are you still going to be up and up and at him? It's at 70. That's going to be a different thing than 65 or 60. Uh, I don't know. Like, are you going to be like gardening? No, that's it's, it's also of, very depressing to think about. And I'm, I'm regretting asking the question. Too honestly. much of a strain on your back. If you're gardening. At yeah. That age. I don't know. I don't, I've never really like thought about retirement just because it's it's always like oh yeah it's just way out there like obviously save for retirement and stuff like that yeah. like i have a 401k and whatnot but i've never thought like where am i because it's you know at least 30 years away so it's just yeah what's i'll worry about it when it gets closer there's a lot of land to cover between there and now right and you might not even make it that's the other part well jesus man we were just talking about that <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, you got to live a little because you never know when. Uh, yeah, when it's all going to be over, you know. So that's the that's like the weird thing. I was like, you're trying to like save for retirement, and just, everybody just assumes like, yeah, I'll live till ninety. <laughs> but it's like it's usually once you hit, I think it's usually I'm trying to remember the stats, but it's like when you get in your mid forties, there's like for the average person and the people that they know, like once you get in your forties, like there's usually a couple of people that you know that unexpectedly die. Mm-hmm. I think it's usually like heart attack, stuff like that. Cancer. Yeah. And then there's like another like blip when you're in like your sixties, like early sixties, I think. Yeah. People just start dropping. Yeah. Like the sixties to seventies. And then it's just kind of like just randomly sporadic after that. Like, Oh yeah, this person passed away at 72. Yeah. This is making me want to go just eat a bunch of acai bowls or something, you know, there's really changed, <laughs> changed my ways. Did you ever hear about, I think it was maybe, I think it was probably like a vice documentary or something or one of the, one of their TV shows before they went off the rails. I don't even know if they're still on TV. Yeah. I don't know either. I used to love that channel though. Back when it was first vice. started. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then I don't know what happened to it. Somebody took it over and we should do a podcast on the vice guide to um, Liberia. Have you seen that general butt naked? I think I've told you about it a few times. I, I don't even like, know where we would find it now. It's probably, <laughs> it's they, probably on YouTube somewhere. Yeah. But there's a guy named general butt naked and he's a cannibal and um, he would, oh, I don't want to get into it. I mean, we don't want to get, we, we're still trying to get ads, right? I don't want to talk <laughs> about what, the, what this guy did, but they, they believe in that in that civil war he's a preacher now he's reformed um but he believed that i think it was if you eat the heart of a child you're invincible a lot of weird stuff yeah um that almost sounds it's like, a real knucklehead sounds like voodoo stuff almost yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and people who if there's and any- like street meat in liberia can literally be people like you know if there's a, not to offend anybody who uh, believes in voodoo, because all the voodoo people who are listening are probably like, whoa, whoa, whoa don't associate yeah. us with Also, that. fun fact about Liberia, that's something America did. So there's like another one in the notch of like, oh, we created that. and it Destabilizing totally went, governments? Yeah, it totally went to shit. Well, you know. It's, it I think, didn't work the I first seven I think Monrovia is named after President again. Monroe. Probably. And I, think, and I think it was, I don't want to get... I probably have some of my facts wrong and we should just stop talking about it. But Marseille. <laughs> well, no, I was going to say there was this thing on vice and it was about like all these rich people, of course, but they were in this weird kind of group where they believed if they got to, as long as they lived to a certain age, that technology and health technology would catch up to them. So they would be able to basically live for like two, 300 years because of, artificial organs and stuff like that. And they would have the money to do it. So it was all about like, how do I get from like being 40 to like, I got to get to like 95 because by then, because their theory was like, by the time I get to like 80 or 90 or something like that, they'll have all these like artificial organs and stuff like that. And I'm going to be wealthy enough that I can buy those. Yeah. Or you can harvest North Korean organs like the Chinese do. Yeah. Or that, but (laughs) so it was like, so it was really interesting because it was just everybody's like they're all on like every single vitamin, like you know, testing their own blood and like stuff like mm-hmm. that to make sure they're you know they have doctors on call and stuff like this. And it was just it was interesting. It seems crazy like when you think about, it, but then once you kind of think about it a little more, you're like, I mean, it's they might be right. Like it's 
I don't, I wouldn't yeah. devote my life and to it. And if you're rich enough to where that's just like not costing you anything, so to speak. Right. Why not? Yeah. You why know? not just hedge against. But it does seem crazy, you know? Yeah, but we're just not, we're not wealthy, so we can't. No, we can't even get in that headspace. I mean, honestly, like real wealth. Like we're talking wealthy, not rich. Yeah, there's a difference. It's, yeah, that's. I don't have any experience with that. No, we're talking like, like your stock just basically doubled in value in a single day, and you're just like, eh. yeah, <laughs> like that's what happens to Bezos like all the time. That's what happened to his wife. His wife donated like, or his ex-wife. She donated some ridiculous amount. It was like 20 million or something like that to like a charity. Just the next day it was like, yeah, well all the stock that she has like appreciated enough in value where she just made 20 million today. So that donation to charity just didn't cost her anything. It's insane. I don't know. I don't remember what charity she, she went with, but Bouillabaisse. I don't, I don't know anything about it. So I I felt um, so dumb. Like when they're like, the most famous dish from Marseille Bouillabaisse. And I've heard of it. I just didn't know what was in it. Well, it was spread out over four courses. The first one, shellfish carpaccio. So it had mussels and clams. And the next one was, I think they said flipper lobster. And then uh, had red gnard, which I believe is a fish. And then um, that was like lightly seared. Then there was a broth that they made from... Rock crabs and small fish, and that was I. What they they said it, it took like forty kilos or thirty kilos to make like one kilo of broth or something like that, just because they boil it all down. And then there was a dorad adente, which was like a fish steamed over seaweed water or saffron potatoes, and then the broth that they made. And then they had a cheese cart. How good did the broth look, though? It looked good. I mean, it all looked good. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I just saw the color of that broth, and it made me, I don't know, a little excited. And, like, you know it has to be, like, I know it's, like, a three michelin star restaurant and everything. But, like, for, like, Repair, who's has a three michelin star restaurant on his own and pretty much only does seafood to, like, oh, appreciate I wasn't, it. I wasn't even thinking about the, like, the chef's creed. Not a creed, but it's, like, that thing of, like, oh, you're here. We're like taking it to another and like we're we're gonna overfeed you. Like that's part of it too, right? So yeah, that, that that'd be part on. of it. But it's also like just you have yeah, you're like serving fish to like the guy who only does fish pretty much yeah, at his yeah, restaurant yeah. too. Yeah. And like he really loved it. Not yeah. that like he's the kind of person who would shit on it on camera anyways or anything like that. Yeah. But it seemed like he was genuinely like, This is awesome. Yeah. And kind of like, I don't want to say surprise, that might be the wrong word, but like, had a lot of respect for like what the guy, how the guy was doing it and like the yeah. technique and all of that. Um, yeah. Um, after there, I'm trying to think like where to go. Yeah, cheese porn scene was great. I just have to say that. I mean, you already kind of mentioned it, but it was really. Yeah. You were both taking photos of like the cheese cart, yeah. which is, which is pretty funny. And then we get into some, this was what surprised me pizza trucks yeah i didn't see that coming at all pizza truck capital of france i also didn't like repair said he never made a pizza up until then that blew my mind like living in new york and he's never just had an off day where he's like i'm gonna get a bobbly crust 
some cans of tomatoes. Nothing. I guess it's because it's like you can just you just go and just get it for yeah. like three bucks. It's like whatever. Yeah. Um. So two favorite lines on during the the pizza thing. Um. He called it real world geriatric edition, like when they're <laughs> setting it up, and then. Like repair is like working really hard the whole time, and Tony's like kind of working. Um, and he's like, "What are you like? T- are you in- taking a union break?" And he's like, "It's France. I get a nice break." <laughs> yeah, like I really love that. <laughs> have, but, I wor- have I worked my twenty-two hours? Yeah, a week? exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, but I also thought it was—it shouldn't be a surprise, but it still was when they're like, "Yeah, there's like creme fraiche. There's like all these different what we would consider like high-end ingredients for pizza." Um, I don't know why that surprised me because I'm an idiot. Like I should have seen that coming. Like they're in France. Like, of course they're going to put a French twist on it, but, um, I don't know. Pizza looked pretty good. Yeah. I was surprised to see, like, it's kind of weird to see again, you three Michelin starred chef and then Bourdain who, you know, still cooks mm-hmm. like just to see him struggle to make a pizza. Like yeah. it's just it's really strange and it's like, oh yeah, if you don't do it all the time, like it's gonna be hard if you're just trying to like jump back on the bicycle kind of thing. Yeah. And it's one of those things that like a lot of people do it, but like few people do it well. Yeah. Like high like I mean, we live in what I like to call I don't like to call it this. I've never called it this before, but it's a fucking pizza desert. There's not a lot of good pizza in Columbus, Ohio. There just isn't. So that's my case in point of like, yeah, a lot of people make pizza, but there's a lot of shitty pizza too. Yeah, that's a routine debate that I get into with a lot of people is the pizza situation in Columbus. And you talk to anybody who's like lived here their entire life, they'll just be like, no, this place is the best. This place is good. And it's like, but it, it's not like I get that you like it and that's fine, but it's not. Yeah. It's the same the thing best, like where I'm from, there's know? not a lot of good pizza. But like once you start having better pizza a few times you're like oh this is like it can get to this level yeah so i now realize that most of what i've eaten my whole life is dog like shit. you don't you don't have to you know put cheese in a crust or like you know coat it in like garlic butter can i ask you something i don't know if we might have talked about this but how do you feel about the square cut because i hate it what do you mean just in general yeah, why? Like, why 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 well, are you talking like Detroit style? That I get. It comes in a square You're pan. talking like flat. Square, when you make a round pizza. Columbus you, style. Yeah. As and they you call cut it, it, which in, is really just flatbread. Yeah. I'm sorry, but it is. Why don't they just cut that into slices? That's just, I don't want a piece with no crust. Like, what is that? And then you, like, you get to it by that time and it's like this mess and you got to pick it up. It's really kind of floppy. Yeah. Because it's been in the box. It's in the middle. And it's the last to get grabbed. I don't know. I mean, I know I'm being a little bitch and complaining a lot right now for no reason. Like, you know, my life's not that hard. I just, it's just, I don't understand the square cut pizza. Yeah. It's a, it's we're both weird. from different places. So like, I didn't know if, I know they're not doing that in mass. They're not cutting no. pizza like that unless it's some little place. That that's no, what they cut it for. in triangles. Yeah. So I think it's just a Midwest thing. Like it's like an Ohio. It is. I'm trying to remember Indiana. Like other styles of pizza. There's like Colorado style. I can't remember what that is. And there's also Miami style. I the idea of Miami pizza just off the top of my head does not sound good. Hold on, let me see what I can come up with. What would Colorado uh, style be? What is Denver style pizza? Um, now I gotta look this up on my phone while you're doing that. All right, it's called thick braided crust, and it's made with honey instead of sugar. 
in the dough. Yeah. Okay. But it's a braided crust. So I think you can kind of, I don't know if it's supposed to be like you can pull it apart and dip it in something. That's what I'm getting. Okay. And Miami style pizza. See, this is going to get weird because it's all right. The only in Miami style is also known as Cuban pizza. Served on a thick doughy crust and topped with an excessive amount of mozzarella and gouda cheese with toppings baked into the pie. So it almost looks like it's it's not a calzone, but like it's yeah, it's kind of weird looking. It's basically like you have this big kind of fluffy dough thing and then all your toppings are on top of that, but like the dough is like puffed up. Yeah, it does it's really hard to describe. It's all it's like a round Detroit style kind of. It's almost like if you took a, what is it? A culture, culture, culture in Indian cuisine, which is the, basically the naan that has something in it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Did that. But then like once it puffed up, you took the filling out and just put more dough in there. Like it's kind of like that. Yeah. It's really weird. It's, it's strange. So maybe, maybe people learn something today that there's a Colorado yeah. and Miami style. I don't know. And I'm someone that just complained about pizza, which is like universally, everyone likes pizza, you know? Yeah. I mean, I like New York style and I also am partial to Detroit style. I like it too. I don't really like deep dish. It's not really my thing. I like it too, but it's not, it's a once twice a year thing. If that, you know, which I guess you could then argue well, if you only want it once or twice a year, is it really that fucking good? Right. Yeah. Um, but you know, sometimes I don't think logically and you know that about <laughs> me. So I thought another thing that was funny in that scene is that people have no idea who's serving them pizza. Yeah. Cause he's not, is he, he's probably not famous in France, right? Repair. Um, I was thinking of Bourdain, but yeah, you're right with that. They have, no, they probably have no idea who that guy is, right? Or no? But it's like, aren't the cameras a dead giveaway that something's going on? But they, there's no, they're all just kind of like, yeah. Where's my pizza? There was definitely that attitude. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? They're it's like, like it's cool uh, you guys are shooting some stuff, but, but like, where the fuck's my pizza? Yeah. <laughs> so and I then thought, I thought it was weird too because at first I thought they were making whole pies for people, and then I realized they're just making pies and then handing out slice, not handing them out. People are buying them, but yeah. That was confusing at first, too, because I was like, damn, this is going to take forever. You guys got, like, one oven. Everybody's getting a pizza. Good luck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and from there, I think, is uh, what kind of the next major scene was uh, when they go just, like, to that market. And then they, like, do a picnic. Yeah. Kind of thing. I got so excited when he was just like, we need more money for wine. And I was like, yes. <laughs> like, you know? Because that's the way it should be. I like when repairs are like, we're going to open two reds. We're going to be smashed. <laughs> Just like, hey, well, you know, whatever. But that yeah, they got, great too. it was, uh, they got a bunch of stuff from Rue Moran, which is like a farmer's market, I guess. About 90 minutes from Marseille. Picnic was good. Yeah, they just got a bunch of like vegetables, meats, some cheeses, stuff like that. And then there's the whole big scene on just like, reincarnation buddhism if you come back what do you think you come back as was that in the documentary was that scene in the yeah they put okay. it in there yeah um my favorite part of that was the like i guess repair knows martha stewart or whatever so bourdain asked him he's like 
all right, serious question though. Could Martha Stewart choke me out in a street fight? <laughs> and he's like, if she goes to the dark side, yes, absolutely. And I just thought that was really funny. Um, cause I think Martha Stewart, like her persona has like changed so much throughout the years. Like once she went, went to prison and then like got, <laughs> got high with Snoop, like Martha Stewart's prison. cool, but she used to be like, she's like, you know, it was like this quiet rich lady that like would tell you how to, she took a pillowcase and like made yeah. a fucking curtain out of it or yeah. Made shower it was all, rings out of a shoelace. She was like, yeah, she was like the, you see those like DIY videos when you see somebody make like I don't know a chair out of popsicle sticks, and you're like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Uh, can I it was kind of like that. Can I tell you my favorite guy? I don't know. I don't think I actually follow him on TikTok, but you you know you'll come. Well, you're not on TikTok, are you? Kind of, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, there's people and they have all these hacks, right? And it'll be someone that does this these elaborate like ten step process to turn I don't know. Let's say like a jar of peanut butter into a water bottle or something. <laughs> and so this guy will just, he'll just go and like, he'll watch the video. And then at the end of it, he just takes up like a bottle, like a water bottle and just slides it across. Like, and doesn't say a word and then just points to it. It's like, cause it's to- like half that shit is so unnecessary. Yeah. You can also get it for like three fifty at your yeah. grocery store. Like it doesn't, it's so dumb, but anyway, no, that's yeah. That stuff always, I mean, you've seen it like they, blend into all other social media you see some videos and it's like yeah i'll cut together real fast and you're just like why like making a can opener out of like oh and then some girl got in trouble so it's like this like uh he's like a skinny black guy and so he's so popular some girl made a tiktok where she tried to she's like a makeup person and she did make she did makeup that looked like him and so everybody got really mad (laughs) yeah it's not okay but it wasn't here's the thing though it was really good makeup. So it's like, if it really, really looks like the person. Yeah. I still think like the only way that that would even probably remotely be like, okay, is you would have to get him to say it's okay. His permission, but also he probably has to show up in the video just to remind everybody. Like, he's like, no, no, this was okay. Like I gave my seal of approval for this kind of thing. Yeah. Cause otherwise it's just an excuse to do blackface. Yeah. But, I don't know. I mean, That's I get really it. What it it's like on the, I know, I know like on the flow chart, like, yes, it is. But it's like, if you're like, ah, yeah. Yeah. Cause she could have, she could have done just like a, it's not like she was doing a minstrel show and like, you know, making fun of black people. Yeah. But she could have like picked any, like she could have picked some famous like white celebrity and like stylized the makeup to look like them. But I think that was like kind of the play on it was that like she was doing makeup and then like, I don't know. I don't know enough about it. I just remember seeing some girl like get in trouble for it. And I was like, Jesus Christ. I mean, talk about something yeah. that doesn't matter. Oh, I, I just, I mean, I mean, everyone can just claw their ears out for the last two minutes. We're like, I didn't need to hear that in my life. <laughs> ben stumble through <laughs> an explanation of makeup and blackface. <laughs> I don't condone what she did. Just FYI. But. Uh, I can also say it was good makeup. Is that okay? I mean, there are people that are talented. That's what I mean. With she makeup. Was, yeah. yeah. I, see, and that's probably what happened, though. I bet the guy saw it, and he's like, that's pretty good. Uh, you should reach out to him follow up. I can't get in touch with that guy. Why? Is he on TikTok? Can't you just message him? Oh, yeah, because he'll answer. I mean, shoot your shot. 
It's true. I could. <laughs> She'd be like, hey, were you okay with this? <laughs> she did that. Yeah. Like, what are your thoughts? I know it's not okay what she did, but like, are you okay with it? Yeah. Uh, the bocce ball scene, or I mean, it's not bocce ball, but it basically is bocce ball. I think, except like you don't have the narrow court. You have like an open pit of sand and you can throw it. That kind of felt like a, I don't know. That was kind of the most like travel channel esque mm-hmm. part of the episode. It reminded me of Columbia where they're throwing the, uh, like throwing those rocks at those exploding things. I obviously it's bocce ball, not that, but yeah, I don't know. It's like cornhole almost, except you're trying to mm-hmm. hit, like you're trying to hit a firecracker. Yeah. Like clay mound or whatever. Still want to go do that somehow. I don't, I guess we have to go to Columbia. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's like, there's a lot of weird, like towards the end. It was, I mean, they were for, there for like a week. So I get it. Like you're looking for different stuff to do, but like the cliff diving, I didn't understand what the point was. Like, why was that even like, okay, it's a guy jumping off, but he's not like catching a fish. There's not like a tourist boat. Like people aren't throwing like coins into the water or anything. It's just this dude who's like, yeah, I like to jump off cliffs. Okay. Do you think they picked it out? Cause like they were going to get there and like maybe one of them would want to jump off and then they saw it and they're like, fuck that. Mm, makes a little sense, but still not a enough little sense. sense. But I mean, they weren't. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't think they were doing gotcha stuff. Like, Hey, oh, we're here. You want to jump off? You know? But yeah, unless that was supposed to be like an interview and stuff too, and it just went horribly, terribly bad, and like they just cut it, and we're like, let's just show him jumping off a cliff. Yeah, like I don't know, but just it just like, did. Yeah, it was like well, okay, this dude jumps off a cliff. Okay, I don't know. That part was like a little weird to me. Um, no surprise, Bourdain hates mimes, clowns. I think most people hate mimes. I don't have a problem with mimes or clowns. I'm not scared of clowns. A lot or of people the are dentist. scared of clowns. Fine with the dentist. Yeah, I don't mind the dentist. I don't understand that one. I, I've never understood it. Yeah, when people are fearful of the dentist. Maybe they have really sensitive teeth and it hurts really bad. I don't know. I, I can't. I really can't figure it out. The only way I can figure it out is if, like, if you've never been to a dentist when you were a kid. But that's just your parents being irresponsible. Super irresponsible. Like, oh, they're getting <laughs> new teeth. Just, uh, don't worry about <laughs> just it. Just rot away. Yeah. Uh, then what? What else we got? Kind of a bunch of random stuff. Like they watch a soccer game, um, which they're just kind of talking about how like the football team for Marseille is like uh, I think they were like fourth and like whatever their league standings were, and they were playing Paris, and that was kind of like a big rivalry game because it's you always want to beat Paris because Paris is the big the big city and everything like that. So they were watching that. Um, they went to the charcuterie place had a bunch of meat and cheese family run shop for like 70 years yeah that looked pretty awesome um bomi- as it should bomito paste or something like that i think it was what it was called it was hard to kind of pick up some of the names so did i catch stuff. from him that uh there because i don't think of cured meat when i think of northern france and all that but am i just thinking wrong he just made a point that like that region makes really good cured meats. Um, I think it was probably more because it's just been handed down family member to family member. Okay. Probably. All right. Uh, would be kind of 
my assumption. Because, I mean, every everybody makes cured meat, like, everywhere. Yeah, but, I mean, like, known for it, though. Like, I just... Uh. Maybe I'm stupid. You know, that's, <laughs> we're figuring that out a lot with this episode. Um, got a lot of half else? ass information. About oh, they went to that, that uh, like, woman chef dinner. Because I guess there's only, like, somewhere between... It seemed like there was maybe, like, anywhere from 8 to 11 chefs that were, women, like, head executive chefs, like, running a kitchen in Marseille. There was only about, like, 8 to 11 or something, and most of them were at this dinner, this kind of, like, little mm-hmm. um, dinner club, I think. Kind of, they all get together and everything. Um, but, yeah, that food looked pretty good, too. I mean, yeah. it was all... He said he was going to use something in his restaurant, and I can't remember. It was how she prepared um, something. Yeah, she put... Uh, I forget. I have. I don't think this is the right thing, but they called it like potan, potan or potan or something like that. The thing that was in tripe. And she, yeah, and she used that for like the salt aspect of the tartare instead of just using like salt. Oh yeah, the tripe was a different thing. So yeah, okay, that's what it was. It was the tartare. Um, yeah, and repair was like, yeah, I'm gonna do that. I wonder if you ever did it. I know. I was curious about that too. Because he's like, I'm going to send you like a picture in the menu or whatever. Yeah. Um, what else we got? Other notes here. There's like a, they went to the, at the end, they go to like the chateaus and it kind of explains why you don't see like a giant hotel or anything like that. It's because all that stuff on the coast is like family owned and it's passed down from generation to generation. And then they have laws on the books where new ones new basically oceanfront chateaus can't be built and so there's also air um like the air rights laws too so they can't be any higher than like i think it's probably like three or four stories so that's why you can't have a giant hotel they basically like block them out from ever making because the whole time you're kind of wondering like why isn't this like a resort you're on the mediterranean you're the second biggest city in france like why hasn't them been turned into like a tourist destination? That's pretty much your answer. So they basically like didn't want that. They blocked out all the big hotel conglomerates from coming in and building anything. With some Which local probably laws. keeps it pretty cool. Like, yeah. An original. Cause that shit gets ruined and you get too many people developing it, you know? Yeah. And then like local people get forced out. And I mean, you know, we've come across it time and time again. So, um, but yeah, they had octopus stew. There's some chickpeas, sardines, marinated in olive oil. Um, I, th- I mean, that's kind of all I have on like notes, really. I mean, there's a lot in the episode. I wonder how much they had to cut since they were there for like a week. But it's still, it's a good episode. I enjoyed it. It was kind of just a, hey man, two guys traveling around, eating good food, exploring a city that neither one of them have really been to. And, um, oh, I did have, so what they were showing like this montage, it was after, it was before the pizza trucks, but it was after they talked to that like crime writer guy. And I think it was after they went to like, uh, Bourdain went to that couscous restaurant or whatever. There, I don't know if you caught it, but it was like a dude and he had like a rib cage tat and it was like a pistol. Oh, I did see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I did make note of that. I didn't make an actual note, but I remember it. For I just sure. saw that and I was like, I wonder what the mindset has to be to get a rib caged pistol tattoo. See, I was thinking it was more abdominal. 
I mean, it, it kind of like wrapped around, but it was like yeah, pointing down, like like just above the hip. Yeah. Um, thought that was. And then you know what else I thought is like there's probably not a lot of guns in France compared know. to the U.S., which I guess comparing any other country I to think, the U.S. Yeah, is, I think we're going to be number one in yeah. that category regardless. Um, but yeah, it was pretty interesting. That's a that's a power move. I guess. You also can't get that tattoo if like you're severely overweight. Like you have to you be really in good get, shape. You can't really get any tattoo. I mean, it's harder to make tattoos look cool. You know. Well, I mean, you can do arms and stuff. Kind of, I feel like regardless of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like the torso. Yeah, you got to be ripped. Yeah, got to be kind of ripped to be a guy and get like a torso. But you also tat. have to stay that way. Otherwise, like, does it, what's it? Start to look like a squirt gun? No, it changes caliber. It just gets big. <laughs> like you start out like a little Glock nine millimeter. That shit's a deagle now. Um, where do you rank this? Um, I'm having trouble right now. Would I go there? Yeah, I, I think I would go to Paris first, and then it'd be like a toss up between here and Lyon. I think, like I said earlier, Lyon probably gets like a little bit of an edge because I think there's more restaurants there, based yeah. on like the Daniel Balud episode. I'm sure there's good places, other good places in Marseille, but I just feel like you might have to do like a little bit more work to track those down. So you, higher percentage chance of missing something that is really good because you just didn't find it. Um, I'd say one thing learned is that it's like the pizza truck capital of France. Like that's not something I would ever know. I don't know why I would ever know that. So, um, best scene. I mean, it's it's the the lunch at the three Michelin star restaurant, the yeah. Tini's, um, that whole scene right there. Best quote. There's a lot of good stuff in there. I think it's, I don't remember exactly what he was saying, but it's, it's when they're at the picnic and he's talking to, uh, they're talking about Buddhism and everything. And he's basically just like, Bourdain just tells repair. He's like, if there is a second life, like we're incredibly fucked. Yeah. <laughs> like we're not yeah. coming back. It's like anything, it's like the best chance you have is like maybe you come back as somebody who gets to visit a sub shop. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? He's like, that's your best day is visiting a sub shop in Asbury Park. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Travel with guest host, of course. Food you'd want to try. I picked the bully base, obviously. I put it 14th. I put it, I mean, I think it's better Whoa. than the the other repair episode. Um, so yeah, I put it, I put it up there. I'm really ha- so. What's happening to me right now is that like I'm going back and I can't even remember some of these episodes. Like, <laughs> like it's like I have Columbia, but I was like, I don't. I remember it being good. Yours is on the top. And you're yeah, you're scrolling on your phone. Yeah, but it's like alphabetical. I think it's shit. I don't think I'm gonna go as low as 14 for me. For me. Um... <laughs> It's better than the Miami episode for me. Okay. I mean, better I than know. Korea. Tanz- oh, Tanzania was good though, huh? Well, yes. Yeah, that's where you start getting into like, I mean, the Vietnam episode I thought was a little bit better. Tanzania was better overall as like a whole. Ep- like Tanzania did everything you would want to do if you went to Tanzania. Yeah. And it was like, is it better than the Leon episode or not? Like that's where I said, it's like, but I like so Cor- I the Leon episode really high. I have, but like, I like the Korea episode a bit better just cause it was kind of weird. You know, and then I got to Peru and I was like, well, this is definitely better than the Peru episode that they did together. That's where, that's where is I it, Is Iran better than, 
I would say yeah, this is better. Iran too high. This is better than Iran. I know. I think I have Iran too high. Where'd you put Iran? I have it ninth. Ooh. Shout out to Iran. Yeah. <laughs> Top ten. did like Columbia Russia episode was really good. Yeah. This is hard, man. It's starting to get really hard. I don't think it was better in Tanzania. We both, I feel like we both really like that one. So I guess it's gotta be my new, my new number 12 or no 13 number 13 above yeah. Korea. But shit, Korea was good. Yeah. I just, I think Korea just cause it was like backwards and it's kind of weird and stuff like that. That's why I liked it. So just put it better. right, right before Korea for me now. All right. So new 13. So roughly the same spot. Yeah. It's the first episode that we've had in a while that we've actually like. Kind liked. of agreed on. Yeah. Well, kind of like, like that wasn't like, yeah, yeah this is going to be in the bottom somewhere. <laughs> so yeah, we went through a little bit of a rough stretch there. Um, what's the next episode is Okinawa. I think. Oh, yeah. Okay. Which should be pretty good. I think that, and it's still, I know at least that's still relevant because the whole thing is like, I think a lot of the Okinawa episode, if I remember correctly, is them talking about how a lot of the locals don't like the U.S. military presence there because the U.S. soldiers usually go out, get drunk, and do stupid shit. <laughs> and they were supposed to move. They were trying to figure out how they could move the military base to like a different part. But then I think they wanted like Okinawa to pay for some of it. I'll have to do some research before we watch it. But yeah, I know there's a weird thing with like trying to relocate the base. I didn't know. And that's been, that's that. been going on for years. Oh, okay. I didn't know anything um, about that. Makes sense. So, but um, yeah, check out chefs and guest episodes. Um, so tomorrow will be episode with Ryder Zetz, who's the executive chef at the Optimist in Nashville. Last week was Matt Swint, who's the owner executive chef at Matia Breads here in Columbus. Before that, there's been some Psalms, different chefs, restaurant owners. So you can find all that stuff on the website, also in the podcast feed. Um, so yeah, all that will, I'm fixing the Twitter and the YouTube channel. So it'll be easier to find like if, you're just like, oh, you can just click on one of those and it'll take you right to a link or whatever, too. That should be up uh, and fixed probably roughly around now, probably by the time this releases. Uh, so we're going to put, yeah, more chefs interviews on the way. Uh, check out the website. Did a, if for some reason you're not tired of hearing me talk on podcasts, you can go listen to, it should be the 47th podcast. It's basically this podcast uh, that this guy Travis does is he's lives in DC actually kind of works in the same day sector that I work in. And um, he just has people on kind of talking about politics and stuff like that. And like who they think would be the, the next president of the United States. So it was pretty fun. I get to talk politics. Got shit on Jim Jordan for like an hour and a half. So that was cool. Um, so yeah, if you want to, you know, understand why Ohio is the way they are and what I think of that, go ahead. All right. <laughs> but that, uh, yeah, that should be out today too as well. I think it's supposed to drop Wednesday. He said so. Um, so yeah, give that a listen if you want to get uh, some insight in the political spectrum that is Ohio. It's a red state with a few blue cities gets redder by the day feels mm-hmm. like <laughs> uh that's it follow instagram subscribe follow podcast 
And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye now.